Hello and welcome. You are listening to Patrick Boyle on Finance, a podcast exploring ideas from quantitative finance, examining events occurring in markets right now and financial history to see what lessons can be taken away, including interviews with some of the most interesting people in the world of finance. To learn more about the podcast, visit onfinance.org. Welcome back to Patrick Boyle on finance. So one of the questions I get asked quite a lot is if I could recommend some good finance books for traders or just for people who want to learn more about markets and investments. And many of these books would make great gifts for the finance people that you know. There are so many great books out there that it was really quite difficult to narrow it down to 10. And so I decided to come up with a list of books that are not just filled with knowledge, but that are also really enjoyable reads, the kind of book that it's hard to put down. So I won't be putting any university textbooks or anything like that on the list. To make the list, the books had to be interesting, educational, and a ton of fun to read. Several of these books are what I would call investment classics, and so people who have worked in markets for any length of time will most likely have read at least a few of these. I'll put timestamps in the video description so that you can skip ahead to the books that you're most interested in, in case you've already read some of my selections. The books are in no particular order. They're all just fun to read, of general interest, and if you're new to the field of finance, you might feel like an old pro by the time you've read all of them. I'm sure the comment section will be ablaze with comments saying, I can't believe that you left this one out, Uh, but I'm just really looking forward to reading the comment section, as hopefully you guys will suggest books for me that I haven't yet read, or even just remind me of great books that I've forgotten. Um, I'm going to put Amazon links to every book in the description too so that they're easy for you to find online. Okay so my first recommendation is Roger Lowenstein's book When Genius Failed. It's the story of the hedge fund long-term capital management also known as LTCM which was the hottest hedge fund of the early 1990s. The geniuses in the title of the book are Myron Scholes and Robert Merton, who shared the 1997 Nobel Prize for coming up with the Black-Scholes-Merton model for pricing options. And they were amongst the partners at LTCM. While this is a great book for finance people, as it's filled with some of the biggest names in the world of finance and really explains a number of hedge fund trading strategies extremely well, it also just tells a really great and exciting story of a pioneering business that did really well initially and then collapsed. It's actually a book that I gave my mom to read, even though she wouldn't necessarily be the typical audience for finance books. So if you're really excited about markets and you have a friend who doesn't necessarily understand why, you can give them a copy of this book to read. If you've already read this book, you should just check out any of Roger Lowenstein's other books. I've read most of them and they're all great. Uh, He's just really good at breaking complex topics down into plain English and he really tells a story well. Okay, so next up we have Reminiscences of a Stock Operator by Edwin Lefebvre. 
This is the oldest book on the list. It was first published in 1923. Almost every trader that I know has read this book and it's frequently quoted on trading floors. Reminiscences is kind of a thinly veiled but still fictionalized account of the life of one of the most storied traders from almost 100 years ago, Jesse Livermore. It's put forth as being a work of fiction where the lead character's name is Larry Livingston, but everything in there is heavily based on interviews that Lefebvre did with Jesse Livermore. Despite the book's age, it continues to offer insights into trading and speculation. The book tells the story of Livermore's progression from day trading to big-time market speculator and market manipulator. It's filled with really colorful stories of cheats, of market manipulators, brokers, and tipsters. The book's filled with the lessons that he learned as he made and lost his fortune several times over. Reminiscences is as relevant today as it was a hundred years ago. Livermore tells us, I learned early that there is nothing new in Wall Street. There can't be because speculation is as old as the hills. Whatever happens in the stock market today has happened before and will happen again. Livermore's undoing came at points where he ignored his own advice. After repeated warnings about tipsters, for example, Livermore allowed a tip on cotton to lead to a massive loss, which grew even larger as he sat on his position hoping for a reversal, which was violating his cardinal rules. Many readers are surprised to learn that Livermore, the patron saint of day traders, advocated less trading and more patience as he matured. In his early days, Livermore was dependent on scalping. As he got older, he was able to lengthen his holding periods and could even afford to do nothing for extended periods when there was no opportunity in the markets. Okay, so the next book up is Education of a Speculator by Victor Niederhofer. I'm a little bit biased here as I used to work for Victor and I've been friends with him for around 20 years. I first read this book before I knew Victor though and I've probably read it 10 times or more. The book starts out with Victor telling you that he won't be giving away any trading strategies as doing so would make no sense whatsoever. But then he goes on to tell you all of the life lessons that he learned growing up as a kid in Brooklyn, in his academic career, and of all the great ideas that he learned from all the fascinating people that he met along the way. It's a great autobiography that takes you from Brooklyn in the 1950s to Harvard in the 60s through to being a partner at Soros' Quantum Fund in the 1980s and one of the top performing hedge fund managers of the 1990s. The book's filled with great stories, great ideas and lessons that we can apply in both trading and in life. The book is one of my favorites of all time and I consider myself really lucky to know Victor and to have learned so much from him. And there's just a ton to be learned from reading his books. There's laugh out loud humor, there's wisdom about humanity and great, great stories. All right, well, the next book up is by Jack Schwager and it's his newest book, which is called Unknown Market Wizards. And I've actually just finished reading it. Now, in truth, I always recommend all of his books, but this being the newest one, it's also the one that relates most to the current market environment. In fact, some of the interviews were done only a couple of months ago. The Market Wizards books are hugely influential in the world of trading. They're amongst the first books that I read that gave kind of a deep insight into how a trader works and how they think about markets. 
Jack is not just a good writer, but he's a great interviewer and he's a trader himself. And so he asks extremely insightful questions and really gets some of the best traders in markets to open up and explain what they do and why they do it. When I was starting out, I went through all of his books that were available at the time, looking for ideas that I could test and for tips as to how I could improve my trading. These books are just an absolute must read for anyone learning how to trade. Okay, so next on the list is Liar's Poker by Michael Lewis. And this is a bit of an industry classic and brings us back to fixed income trading at Salomon Brothers in the 1980s. In many ways, this book is kind of a precursor to when genius failed, as it introduces us to John Merriweather and to the fixed income arbitrage group at Salomon Brothers, who then later went on to found long-term capital management. It also shows us the genesis of mortgage bonds created by Louis Ranieri when he worked at Salomon in the 1970s. Through the creation of mortgage-backed securities, Salomon Brothers not only held a near monopoly on an entire section of the bond market for several years, but their creation was also one of the first moves into financialization, which changed the face of investment banking and led to the kind of products that were then blamed for the financial crisis of 2008. Lewis writes a hilarious account of what it's like starting out on Wall Street and the different characters that you meet on a trading floor. Michael Lewis has written a number of really well-known books, many of which have been turned into big films, things like The Big Short, Moneyball, The Blind Side. And as popular as all of these other books are, I would still argue that this one is his best. Okay, so next up we have Fiasco, a hilarious and sometimes disturbing account of working at Morgan Stanley in the mid-1990s. Frank Partnoy, who later became a professor of law and finance at Berkeley, worked in the derivatives group at Morgan Stanley in the 1990s, structuring complex financial products. Partnoy explains in some detail how structured products were created, how they work around various regulations and restrictions, all while still getting AAA credit ratings. The book's an entertaining read, but also educates the reader on how derivatives work and how they're sold. It also highlights the problems that they can cause for people who don't understand them. You get a front row seat for many of the derivatives losses in the 1990s, like at Procter & Gamble and at Orange County. You learn the various tax and regulatory reasons that incentivize the creation of these products too. It's an entertaining, exciting and educational book and I strongly recommend it. Okay, our next book up is The Winner's Curse by Nobel Prize winner Richard Taylor. Taylor's a professor at the University of Chicago and an innovator in the world of behavioral economics. He's worked with Kahneman and Tversky and has been key in defining the field of behavioral economics. The Winner's Curse isn't just an academic piece though, it's written for a lay audience, but it's just a really good introduction to financial anomalies, which are of great interest to any trader. Conventional economics, according to Taylor, assumes that people are highly rational and unemotional. It assumes that they can calculate like a computer and that they have no self-control problems. This book walks you through the many biases that can be found in investor behavior, and being aware of these is of massive importance to a trader. 
when you dig into it, a huge number of trading strategies traded by hedge funds and asset managers are based on some aspect of behavioral finance, which makes his ideas some of the most prescient in markets today. Okay, so next on the list, we have the autobiography of Edward Thorpe, which is called A Man for All Markets. Thorpe is a mathematician, blackjack researcher, and hedge fund manager. He first became famous with his book Beat the Dealer, which mathematically proved that the house advantage in blackjack could be overcome by card counting and some other strategies. He's one of the first quant traders and he developed an early approach to pricing and hedging options ahead of the Black-Scholes formula. He was one of the first investors to apply the Kelly formula to sizing his trades. A Man for All Markets tells his life story, it shares the lessons he learned growing up, and it explains how he developed his quantitative trading approach. It's educational, it's entertaining, and it's inspiring. While his success in trading is amongst the best in the world, the thing that makes Torp so interesting is his ability to move from one investment approach to another as he found new opportunities. And it's just always worthwhile reading autobiographies of people like Torp, as it's fascinating just to see how someone that successful and innovative thinks. Okay, our second last book on the list is My Life as a Quant by Emmanuel Derman. And it's a really interesting and enjoyable book where Emmanuel tells us how he went from being a particle physics researcher to a Wall Street quant. He takes us from his years in academia to Bell Labs and then to Goldman Sachs, where he led the quantitative finance group, innovating in the pricing of derivatives and other complex securities. Derman's honest descriptions of the pros and cons of Wall Street and the academic world are refreshing. The book is filled with humanity which will resonate with anyone who's worked in a serious capacity in science or in financial markets. He talks about the salaries, the demands on your time, what the interviews are like, the intellectual freedom and so on. It's rare to find a book like this or to even hear these topics discussed in an informal conversation. So I just really strongly recommend to the, the book to anyone, even with a passing interest in the world of quantitative finance. Last up, we have Investment Biker by Jim Rogers. Jim is an investment icon working alongside George Soros as his first business partner. In Investment Biker, he describes his motorcycle trip around the world and all of the things that he learned. He details his adventures and travels in a series of investment books, but Investment Biker stuck out for me as particularly enjoyable. Jim describes setting out on a round-the-world tour with his girlfriend on two motorbikes to discover global investment opportunities based upon his own observations about the situation on the ground in various, what would have been at the time, developing or relatively underdeveloped countries in the 1990s. Interspersed with notes on the motorcycle near misses and repairs, Jim's tales are rich in part because of his deep background in history, geography, politics and economics. He weaves this knowledge base into discussions around historical trade routes, the existence of infrastructure most conductive to trade, natural ports, navigable rivers, borders with amiable and wealthy neighbours, existing road and rail infrastructure. He lays bare the essential components for economic success for countries. 
Things like the introduction of a stock market in a country is bullish. The lack of sufficient transport routes in an otherwise bountiful farming nation is bearish. Jim gives insights into the fundamental foundations of economic success, and these are just evergreen ideas which matter hugely to investors and traders. I remember reading this book around 25 years ago before I worked in markets or even intended to work in the markets, and it really impacted my way of thinking about how the world and economic development works. So that's my top 10 list. I've put Amazon links in the video description below if you want to look up any of the books. Uh, let me know what books you think are missing from my list. See you later. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Thank you to everyone who is supporting this content on Patreon. If you enjoyed this content, you can find more like it on YouTube, on the Patrick Boyle on Finance channel, or follow us on Twitter at Patrick E. Boyle. Thanks for listening. Bye.